Welcome to Community Good. I'm your host, Marnie Andes. This is part two of my conversation with Jamie Tates, who, for those of you that haven't quite listened to part one yet, is a CEO of her own company, a keynote speaker, and a self-development coach. She's also written a book called You Are Here. And Jamie and I had an opportunity to talk about the book and also the challenges that she saw in her own life and what prompted her to write her book. But part two, we go into some things such as challenges and how we can use those as launching points. But one of the things that I really enjoyed about the second half of our conversation was Jamie's take on busy being the new stupid. So again, this is part two of my conversation with Jamie Tates. And if you haven't listened to part one, be sure to check it out. I think people come at it in some different ways too. I love the fact that you pointed out a couple times as you were saying that, which is it does suck. If you're in it, you might not even be able to see it. I understand if somebody judged me when I was going through it. I think it's interesting when I was going through my divorce, there were so many different feelings. Yeah. I, I at the time had a year before, actually two years before going through it, had already decided that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was going to be consulting at that time. And so there was this real fear of how am I going to do this on my own? And, and, you know, I've talked about it where some of the fear came from the fact that I had been working all the time. It was like, okay, I work and then these things all happen and I wasn't in charge of those things. And I just talked to somebody else recently about this too, where there was almost like the fear of like, logistically, can I actually function in my own life without someone else there? But I, I want people to hear this message too, because I think what you've already touched on is super important, which is it's getting through the journey. So there, there's, I wish there was a playbook. I mean, I've, I wish there was sort of like the 101, here's how you survive it and here's how you thrive at this. But I, I echo that, which is if you can just be willing to get through it and, and actually be curious and observe the things that are happening and actually like take it all in versus like, I can't do this or this is so hard or this thing's happening to me or he sucks or she sucks. And this is why I just like, what were some of the, maybe what was some of the things that really tested you? I mean, I just shared, for example, that I actually had like this real like anxious moment of like, can I figure out how to even find insurance for myself? I mean, how stupid now when I say it out loud, I'm like, why was that? You know, right in the moment they were totally real fears. Yeah. So I tell a story in the book, I call it my 87 cent moment. And it actually comes from a client. This was years ago when I had gotten through it, but he described and he was an entrepreneur and he had a couple of partners and he was telling me a story about his business when they first started, right? They had left these big corporate jobs and they were these three partners and there wasn't, they weren't taking distributions yet, right? They were just taking really small amounts out of the money, out of the business, like most entrepreneurs when you're starting. And he said his wife had, they'd chosen for her to stay at home. The kids were small. And there was a day where she called him and he was just getting ready to go into a meeting. And she said, I need to get groceries. And there's 87 cents in her checking account. And so he said, they figured out a plan, a credit card, you know, like, here's how we'll get through and like, we'll figure it out. And so we hung up the phone and he said, and I won't share the exact language, but he said, I'll never freaking be in this place again. 
right? I will never feel like this. My family will never feel like this ever again. And it was his catalyst to say, you know, like I own, right, this being different. And and I'm going to take that power back kind of. And when he told me the story, I was like, I have an 87 cent moment. So now I call them 87 cent moments. I have a lot of 87 cent moments. But the one I remember most vividly is the, the day I moved out of my beautiful house on a golf course and moved myself out with everything I could put in my SUV, had rented a small town home that saw what I could afford, right? I didn't want to get it out over my skis in terms of, you know, something too big. And um, I rented this town home. It was okay, right? At best, it wasn't the beautiful house that I loved. And that first night there, I was sitting on the floor of my town home, looking at the carpet, going, this carpet really needs to be cleaned with no furniture. And I was sitting there with a bottle of wine thinking, this is not my life. From the outside, I am this woman that just left her big corporate job and is an entrepreneur. And I was getting messages from my former colleagues like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. And you're going to be so successful. And right. I was this mom that was on the PTA and, you know, like I, I, I was everything to everybody. But I was also that person sitting on that dirty carpet in a townhome thinking, this cannot be my life. Like, how did I get here? And I remember that moment thinking, this moment in time does not define who I am. It's a moment in time. And only I can choose to not stay here because everybody else in my life that loved me would have understood if I curled up in a fetal position and just for a couple of weeks, right, just stayed in bed. But that's not how you deal with fear. It's not how you deal with those moments is you've got to get up and put your big girl pants on and figure out how to buy insurance and figure out how to do the next thing, right, whatever it is. And so I remember that moment so vividly because I think it was my catalyst of like, I'm never going to feel like that again. And I'm never going to let someone else, right, have any control over me being in a place like that or not again. Yeah, that's huge. And you hear stories. I mean, you listen to stories all the time. You do the podcast. We are not alone in these stories. Everyone has, again, a story and some much more dramatic than mine right? Cancer diagnoses and things. But you hear those stories of people that have fundamentally shifted their lives and how they think. And like, it's a catalyst like that, that shakes you to your core, that actually pivots you into the direction that you're supposed to be. I strongly believe that. So if there is someone listening today that is in that point, I want to sit in a suck with you. Like it sucks. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. But what I am going to tell you is you're going to be just fine on the other side. Always. And that's why I think these are so powerful is because people need to hear that. Again, like you said, from the outside, I, I've had some of those things too, where if you look at the, the resume or the list of different things, you might just go, oh, that's, I mean, wow, that's so incredible. There couldn't have been all these horrible things or these bad things. And no, the, some of the some of the gut-wrenching experiences where, you know, especially going through a divorce, you know, where you're thinking, did I do the right thing? And you start, especially when you had children too at the time, you know, you question, am I, am I a bad mother? Am I, look what I'm doing. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I would like, we can joke now, like I'm like, oh, I don't know how much the therapy bills are going to cost for this. But even outside the divorce as a mom, I'm like, that maybe wasn't the best decision. And I'm like, hopefully that doesn't, I'll joke with my kids. Like, I hope that doesn't cost therapy in your future. But like, we're human. Mm-hmm. Doing the best we can do. Yeah. And I think a message in that too, because people need to hear this is there's always somebody's opinion about, you know, whether or not, you know, how does that scar a child or the resiliency of children as they go through that? Because, you know, if you're going through a divorce with children, there's a lot of different, you know, obviously there's a lot of different people that are involved in all of that. But for your children to see that piece of it, I think is incredibly important. You know, they need to see that you are human. Human beings make mistakes Part of that is shifting your mind, getting the mindset right, understanding you can work through it, understanding that it's going to probably take other people around you and that your ability to be super honest with yourself and others is one of the best ways to go through all of it. Right. And I, a couple of examples, just even with my kids that, that when you talk jumps to my mind is one was I was in therapy with my daughter when we were going through the divorce because I wanted to make sure she had the support. And there was a moment where we were talking about something and she was crying, you know, heavily. And I, the therapist could literally see the pain, right? Because in the guilt, right? On my face. And she turned and I'll never forget. She put her hand on my knee and she said, it's okay. She needs to feel sadness and she needs to learn how to get through it on her own. And I went, yes, because that's what we need as adults, right? If we don't have the coping mechanisms, if we shelter our kids, from any pain or sadness or anything that goes wrong, they don't know how to cope when it actually does happen to them in real life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so some of that gives me comfort to say, like, we are building the resilience muscles when we show them, like, the things that are good, bad, and the things where it's like, yeah, I screwed up, right? I failed. I didn't do what I needed to do from a business standpoint, whatever it is. Um, I think the more honest we can be with them, the more they see us as not, something they're trying to achieve this perfection mm -hmm. that they're broken and breaking through at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I know you talked about tools early on, meditation being one of the tools that are your go-to. Obviously you talked about, you know, talking to your coach right before you came into this podcast. What are some of the other tools that, that you use for yourself or you've recommended that others use to get through some of these things? Yeah, I, well, and it's, it's different for everybody. I think meditation is a non-negotiable. You don't have to be good at it. Just start doing it, right? Because it's really just calming your mind. And that's where our stress, right, the cortisol, all of this comes from. I also think moving your body. And as I've gotten older, moving my body looks very different than it did years ago. It's not intense. It's like, you know, tonight, like, I'm like, I can't wait. I'm going to go for a walk. Like, it's finally nice out. You know, springtime, like, you have to move your body because it's the same chemical reaction. Like, you, you've got to do some kind of movement every day, even if it's 10 minutes. Um, I think it's so important for our mental health. You've got to create clarity time. As we talk a lot about clarity time with our clients. And that means unstructured, scheduled, no distractions, right? So, like, it's not at home on a Saturday when the kids are running around. It's, you know, not at the office with your, it, it's got to be away and it's got to be time for you to just think. Because subconsciously, the answers to most of your problems, right? Most of the things that you don't know the answer to and you need help with are in your subconscious, but we can't slow down and quiet our monkey brain 
that are all over the place all the time enough to even hear our subconscious. And part meditation is part of that. But I think that clarity time with a piece of paper and a pen, unstructured, right? You could journal, you can draw pictures, you can, you know, put a business problem on the page and try to figure out how to solve it. But we do not carve out and create intentional space for ourselves. We don't do it for our teams, right? I think it's the biggest gap in in cultures right now is we're not creating that intentional time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think those are all huge. I mean, it's probably the last piece of it. I First of all, I agree with all three of those. I don't think they were prevalent enough in my life early on, but they are definitely now, and I can absolutely resonate with um, the movement looks different as we get older. <laughs> and I think actually part of that, uh, I don't want to stick too much on that, but I do think part of that piece of it is actually the acceptance piece. It's actually being okay with who you are and saying like, this is the kind of movement that I need now. This is the movement that gives me joy. This is the move. I just, I'm done of the days doing stuff that I don't like to do. Like killing my body and mm-hmm. being so sore the next day. And I just had this con- uh, this conversation this week with an anti-diet coach, wellness coach, right? She doesn't believe in the diet fads because they're not good for you mentally more than physically. And she was talking through exactly what you said. It's it's the joy, right? What brings you joy is going to put your body in a state of wellness. Right. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. It's not a calorie burn level going to put you in a state of wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we think about the state of like, what are you in the next day to that point? Even if it feels somewhat good as you're doing it, what's the state the next day? The, the clarity piece, though, that you stated, I I think it is probably one of the most underutilized, maybe undervalued because we just think that's that's if you have the time to do it. And I love the fact that you said it's, you know, it's this time, but it's it's unstructured, but it's scheduled, it's no disruptions. It's I I believe in that so deeply too that that if people can make the time to do that what they would see in their own life, what's working, what's not working if they did that. I can't even imagine what you're seeing with clients. And I know we haven't talked a lot and we're not going to go into too much client stuff, but what have you seen just in the people around you when they take that to heart? Right. So I, I I have a saying to clients that busy is the new stupid. And what I mean by that is this idea of we're all so busy but it's the busyness of our minds actually makes us stupid. We make bad decisions when we're like, right, we have so much we're holding on to and trying to remember and trying to work on in our heads. And what clarity does is it creates confidence, right? So when you can cut through the noise and focus on one thing and go, gosh, that's what we need to do next, right? And then go do something about it that creates confidence in yourself, right? Which shifts your entire mindset and your energy. And so to cut through the busyness is focus. Pick, go into that clarity break, right? And that clarity time and pick three things that you want to just think about, right? Not 12, three or two or one, if there's one really important one, right? But no more than three and focus your time on those three and see what happens. I can guarantee you right now, if everybody listening just did that, took an hour and said, this is clarity time. I'm shutting my phone off. I'm it's literally a piece of paper and a pen. And you came in with, I want to just think about this one thing. You would actually probably solve that one thing. 
right? Or have a really clear action list on what you need to do next in that time. Versus thinking about it for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's key. We have to manage the busyness in our heads with focus. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's there's cultures that have been created around that and then people get sucked into that. And, and it is actually just, honestly, it's stepping back and being able to see stuff like it is and giving yourself the space to go, do I, would I right. even want to participate in that? No, I don't think I would. I mean, I think we're actually all really capable human beings if we can step back for a second and look at it. Yes. And the thing you also need to do when you're in that spot, and this is something I did through my divorce, and you probably experienced this, is you've got to do an inventory of the people and the energy around you and who you want to give and take energy from. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm actually in a second stage of purging. So 10 years ago, I went through what I call a purge. And it sounds really, you know, like I shouldn't be because it's people. And they don't know it. I didn't tell them they were purged. I just spent a lot less time with them. Mm-hmm. Right? And... I think throughout our lives, we have to kind of do some cleanup, like we do spring cleaning of people and whose voices are we listening to and are we letting in? And I'm in another stage of that right now because of where our growth is and what my growth is as a person is I have to look around and say, who gets more of my time and who's going to get less? Because I think we also as women hang on to people and guilt of, you know, I've got to give that free hour up to someone else. I don't know that those people deserve it. Mm -hmm. It, And we've got to get better at kind of assessing that energy. Yeah. I think that's even another tool to add to it. I love that you shared that because I think that is a common pitfall for us, which is it's, I mean, even if you step back and just say, it's not having to be everything to everyone. You, You can't, possibly split your time between everyone anyway. So be really, really mindful of who you decide to put your time with. I I think that's a huge reminder and really appreciate you saying it. Because we give it away to the people I don't think deserve it. And then we don't have any energy left for the people that do. Right. Right. And I think going back to even the part of this, which is, you know, this feeling of of stuck, this feeling of that might be the trigger for you or the rumble bar, so to speak, for you to Mm -hmm. actually say like, Something's different. Maybe you've even provided yourself the clarity to figure out what it is. Now make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the environment and the people to do it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I think it's a good message. I I am really excited to read the rest of your book. I like the idea that it's a resource too because I can pick it up at any time. And there's just been some messages that I kind of like the the twist on them as well because I, I feel like they're they're similar to some of the values that I was taught by my late dad, which my book is about. And it's, yep. it's exciting yep. to see how that's come together. Like I, like I shared, you and I live in a similar space. We do some similar work, but I, I, I do want to have everybody hear the fact that you have done some really incredible things. You've got your second book coming out this summer. Yep. You were just awarded what was the what was the award that you just went down in Phoenix it's and actually been award month? I don't know why it all hit at the same time, but um, yeah, one of the hundred women to know in America, and then I just was awarded to I was I, I was added to the Inc. Um, magazine female founders list for 2023, which is a huge thing that I never imagined that I would have gotten. So, you know, it's it's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, right? Mm-hmm. As everybody's journey is, it's it's not all highlight reel, but it's been kind of nice to have a few highlights recently to go, okay, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Okay, so let's keep doing it. Yeah. I wanted people to hear that. And I know that there's 
there's so many other things and the incredible work that you've done. But I think it's that that balance of this is someone who's been incredibly successful, but is a human being like all of us and has had some incredible challenges and things that you've overcome. And I just I just want to say that I am so impressed. I, I'm so glad that Teresa connected us. I'm so glad that um, we're now connected and I get to follow your journey too. And I just, I wanted people to hear that too. There's plenty other stories I know that they'll be able to read yeah. about when they pick up yeah. your book too. But I think that's the message. It's too t- too often we're just seeing the end product. You know, I could have posted it and we could have talked all about the fact that you're on Inc. Magazine, those kinds of things on those lists. But the the value, and I love what you said in your book, which is so many times people think it's whatever, it's the end of the journey and what you've realized is the journey that is so important itself. Right. That's what life's about. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. This is the time, Jamie, when I usually ask my guests to provide a general life lesson. You've given us so many things and I love everything huh? that you've shared. But is there a general life lesson that you've had that's had great impact on your life that you'd like to share with everyone now? There are so many, and this is like asking me to pick my favorite kid. Um, (laughs) But I will share something that I haven't shared yet is paying attention. It's the question I ask is, who are you inspiring? So when you just, you know, we're talking about, you know, my awards or, you know, I'm pretty humble, so I get a little uncomfortable talking about them. Um, and I was speaking to a women's group a couple of weeks ago and a woman I know well was in the room and I got done speaking and she said to the room, she was like, I just want you to know my son is 22 and is an entrepreneur and follows Jamie and saw her award and said, I can do this. Right. It's, so it's not just female. Right. It, that was probably one of the most impactful moments for me. Because it made me realize when I step into the light, when I talk about my successes and I come on here and talk about all of my struggles, I am inspiring somebody to do something. And I think all of us do that. We don't pay attention to who's watching us and the ripple effect of our decisions, our indecisions, um, right? The things we do, the things we talk about. And we all have the ability to have such a positive ripple effect on others and to inspire them to get through the next tough time, to do things that more than they ever thought they could do. And I just, that's my life lesson is we're on this planet, I think, to inspire. And when we don't take the opportunity to step into the light, we don't create the moment for someone else to do the same thing. And so I think it, it, it's, it's on us to have these conversations and do this. And so I so appreciate you having me on and being, you know, being vulnerable with me in having this conversation because I do think it will inspire people. It's a great lesson. It's a great lesson, a great reminder. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Jamie, I I know people are going to want to potentially get connected to you from a business perspective, and they're definitely going to want to get connected to you to be able to read your book, buy your book, maybe even look at your future book. How can people find you and what what do you have going on or coming up that would be interesting for people to hear about? Oh, so much. Um, so my author page on Amazon has both books. So if you just right. look up Jamie Tate's author, it'll pull up. So you can pre-order the book that launches in June. My other book is is out there to order. Um, so that's a great way if you want to kind of know me more from that standpoint. The Superpower Success Podcast, right? It's on every platform, normal podcast platforms. That's another great way to know me and kind of hear me introduce or you know interview other leaders 
And then LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm Jamie Tates. It's kind of a weird spelling. So check out the, the podcast notes to get that. And jamietates.com, right? So you can find out more about who I am, what I do, my Instagram, my blogs. I, I put, I purposely focus on content and putting out content that is challenging in terms of how it makes you think, but also inspiring. And so that's always my goal. So following me on Insta, um, reading the blogs. I think if you need that, kick in the pants or that little bit of inspiration, that's my goal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you spending the time. So many insights and I know there's more to come and congratulations. We could have spoken for hours. On I, some know, of I know we could have, but a big <laughs> congratulations to all the stuff that you're doing. I can't wait to watch all the other things to come as well. Thank you so much. <laughs>